Praise together. Come on, can we just stand together and give the Lord some praise in this house? Come on, there's something beautiful about unity. There's something beautiful about what I feel here today. Come on, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Come on, when we get together, there's things that happen. Amen, amen, amen. What a wonderful presence of the Lord that is here in this room today. And I am just honored, so honored to be a part of this. Um, what's becoming a tradition. And, um, and I, am just, I am just grateful for our last few years together being able to preach to this amazing congregation. And I'm just, I'm just deeply honored. Genesis 22, verses 2 through 5. I am in the midst of a lot of old friends. I was telling Pastor Sizemore I would come here for many ALJC midwinters and different events. And, uh, and to preach uh, in this pulpit, in this building, is a full circle moment for me. Then I am distinctly honored, uh, especially because of the great heritage of this church, the Sizemore family. I am just... So honored to be in this pulpit preaching today. And of course, the, to our shepherd, our pastor, Pastor Joel Urshan and his wonderful family. We honor them today, even in their absence. He is a preacher's preacher, and he is a better person than he is a preacher, if you could believe it. And you are blessed with exemplary leadership of the Urshan family. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Also, I honor... Uh, I want you to know something. It's easy to admire people from afar. It is not so easy to admire people from cl up close. And I have spent time over the last four years or so with the Kovach family. Kovach family. Whoa, it's the first time I messed that up in a year. Sorry, Tyler. Uh, uh, to the Kovach family. And I want you to know something. I've spent a lot of time with them. There's never been a moment where I've questioned their integrity, their leadership, their passion for this church and for the students of this church. You are blessed to have the Kovach family leading the young people of this church. I want you to know that. You are blessed. Well, I just as soon could have just heard Tyreek preach or Tyler preach or anybody else but me today, to be honest with you. Um, but I am here and I'm, I'm looking forward to preaching. I do feel like I've tried to escape this message, to be honest with you. But I do feel like the Lord has given me a word for this church. Um, and it's amazing that this is the last Sunday of separate giving and separate things. And now we have merged. Uh, and I, am, I really feel like the Lord has given me a word for, for this church. Genesis 22, my wife is here. And my daughter Emerson. And... Uh, and they are amazing. And we have a little bit of camp hangover. So if I preach real bad, maybe next year let me come like the week after camp. Okay? Um, and then I'll preach real good. Okay? Genesis 22. Uh, man, I just, I could name people. The Williams family. I just, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just grateful to be here. Genesis 22, verses 1 through 5. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, and Abraham. And he said, Behold... Here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land. Everyone say the land. Of Moriah. Ye Abraham, I'm going to tell you where you need to go. Thanks, God. You were in a camp this week, but we'll let it slide. 
I'm going to tell you where you need to go, Abraham. I'm going to tell you the general direction you need to get to the land of. But there's a specific spot I need you to get to. But really, if you'll just go in the direction, Abraham, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, watch, which I will tell thee of. You don't know where you're going to go, Abraham, but you just got to trust me on the journey. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he claved the wood for the burnt offering. And he rose up and went into the place which God hath told them, had told them. And then on the third day, which can preach, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Three days' journey, having no idea. Just knowing the direction, but not knowing where exactly he needed to go. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad are going to go yonder. Everyone say yonder. That word in the original text can mean the other side. Everyone say the other side. We're going to go to the other side and worship. And come again unto Can we just lay our Bibles down, our phones down, whoever we're accessing the Word together. And can we just lift our hands and ask the Lord to speak to us for the next few moments. God, I want you to speak to us, Lord. I want you to minister to us today. God, I don't want to just go through the routines of a good service or a good time. But God, I'm praying for a Holy Ghost interruption in this house. God, I'm praying that there would be demonstration of miracles, signs, and wonders. Those that are here today that have never received your Spirit, God, I pray that they would receive your Spirit today. God, I'm praying for every person that is far from you, that, is, that has walked away from you, would find home and peace and rest in you. Jesus, minister today, Lord. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, let's go to the other side. You may be seated. The other side. I am somebody who uh, very easily, and I think I might have done it on the way here. We're just not quite sure. But I'm, I'm one of these people that I get distracted easily. Does anybody else get distracted pretty easily? Everybody else that didn't lift your hands, can you just lay your hands and let that spirit transfer on me uh, so that God can touch me and deliver me of this? I'm somebody that gets distracted easily and and uh, when I get on the road, I, I very easily can get lost. I can very easily pull up the GPS and I can just get to talking and get to going and I will have no clue where I'm at. Is there any worse feeling than when you're riding around and you've got the GPS on and you miss the turn and you see it go from ele- or, you know, 1040 to 1105? Is that not the worst feeling in the world? Is anybody? That's terrible. I remember one time I was a young single guy and I had planned to go on a trip. I had taken uh, these boys uh, to go to a trip to a conference. And uh, back in the day, uh, I would go and and I had camera equipment. Uh, I know you wouldn't believe this looking at me, but I'm a little bit of a geek. Um, That was a joke, apparently not so funny. 
And, uh, and I said, let's, they, they called me, and this church called me. They said, we need you to be the cam- run the cameras. We want you to record the services for this event. It was in Talmadge, Ohio, uh, Cleveland, Akron area. And uh, I said, okay, yeah, I would be honored. You know, this is, this is a great ministry opportunity, opportunity for me. I'll probably even get a girlfriend out of this. I'm running the cameras at a conference. Um, I'm glad you all think that was funny, but I was serious. That one was not a joke. We got to get our timing right here, Tree of Life. Here, help me out. And so... I had made all the intentions, I had made all the plans, I had packed my car up, I had loaded it up, I had made all the, all the plans to get there, I had done everything that I had known to do, I had spent hours packing up our equipment and preparing and, and getting things ready, I also made plans with all the boys to get in the car with me and we were going to drive, oh, 70 to 77, if you know that's probably the most boring drive on earth, it's, 70 to 77 and I had driven that drive so many times and and in my life and I we had I told them boys we're gonna go to Talmadge this weekend we're gonna go to Talmadge we get in the car I said fellas we're going to Talmadge and I had made all the plans I had wore my nicest suit to sit behind the camera uh, operating board and and I had made all the plans to go and that's where we were going but as fate would have it, I would get on 77, pull up the I-40, or go down I-40, pull up onto the 70 ramp, and got on 70. And as I was driving about 30 minutes, we got ready to get on 77. And I got on 77, and I started to drive, and, and was driving for about three or four minutes. This was the days before, you know, you had an iPhone or GPS to give you directions. This is when we would print out the MapQuest instructions. Anybody been there? You print out the map? You thought you were big. Man, I'm... Look at this. This is cool. We don't have to use a map anymore. I can just print it out. Uh, we thought we were high tech back in the day. And uh, I had made all the plans. I had printed out the map quest instructions. I knew where we needed to go. I had made every single correct plan that I knew to make. But once I got on the road and I got on 77 and I looked and I saw a sign that said Parkersburg, 45 miles. And instead of going 77 north, I went 77 Sal, hear me when I tell you, your intentions are wonderful, but it's your direction that matters. I've come to preach to some people in this room today. You can say apostolic, you're apostolic all you want, but it's got to match up with our lifestyle. you got to have some prayer and some fasting and some walk with God with that. You can talk about it all you want, but it's your direction that matters. Young people, you've got to live it. You can leave camp and say, man, that was a powerful week. My life has changed. I'm never going back. But if you go home and pick up the same stuff that you picked up when you were at camp, it's your intention that is nice, but it's your direction that matters. So here is Abraham. He is on and called to go on a journey. He is going to the other side. He had every plan and he had all of his intention packed up. He had claved to the wood and he had made all the preparations to get to where he needed to go. He brought a group of young men with him and as he brought his son, but he was called to sacrifice. He was called to do something that was going to be uncomfortable, but God, but he knew that he was called to go on a journey. He was called to go to 
the other side and worship. Everyone say worship. I've come to tell you in this room right now that true worship with true worship and true power with God will take you places. God, when he calls us to worship, it's not meant to stay where we're at. That's why when we're in service and we worship God like we were today, I'm glad I'm not in a dead, dry, boring church that just claps our hands and does our routines and leaves. But I'm glad when I walk into the house of the Lord, it's alive and it's moving and I can feel his presence. Because when we worship, it takes us somewhere that we've never been come on when you clap your hands when you stand on your feet you're not just there to just go through a routine but he's taking you somewhere he's taking you somewhere it provokes God to take you somewhere when young people when you get back home you need to make a proclamation I'm going to go yonder to worship. I may not have everything figured out. I may not know the direction that, I'm, that I know that I need to go. I may not know the next steps or what lo- it looks like in my life. I may not know if I even want to preach. or I may not know if I want to be involved in ministry in some sort. But what I do know is I'm called. I want every person in this room to hear me, not just the young people right now. You are not just meant to be a church attendee, but you are meant to be active and involved and moving in the kingdom of God. Come on, you need to make a declaration that I'm not going to stay where I'm at. Adult in this room right now, If you don't know, I'm trying to preach to the young people, but I'm also trying to preach to everybody in this room. When God calls us, He does not call us to stay where we are, but He provokes us to get outside of our comfort zones. That's why I've come to preach to you today that God, in the middle of this transition, is going to call you to get outside of your comfort zone. And the only way that the church can continue to grow is if you get involved and say, I'm not moving, I'm not staying where I'm at, but I've got somewhere to go. I've got somewhere that God's calling me to and it's not going to start with me just staying where I'm at but I'm going to go on a journey and I don't know where it may take me but it's provoking me to move it's provoking me to do something about it true power with God see they were going yonder to worship but you can't worship without sacrifice True power with God, hear me, comes from practical practice. We, we're not careful. We can so easily make the things of God this spooky magician thing. Like, that we just, you know, spin a revolver and we play spiritual roulette and see if God's going to do something. But hear me, these things cometh not but by prayer and fasting. It's... It's the things in the natural that will provoke the supernatural. So if you'll just understand that my spiritual power is rooted in practical practice. Young people, you may not have a whole lot figured out, and that's okay. You may not know what you want to do with your life, and that's okay. You may not know the exact destination that you want to go, but God is calling you to the other side. God is calling you to something greater than you could ever imagine. And if you'll just go in the direction. But how do I get there? What's the vehicle to spiritual power? What's what's the vehicle to do what God needs me to do? Y'all still with me? 
what's, what's, what's the vehicle that God is going to use to get me to where he needs me to go on that journey? I'll tell you what it is. It's sacrifice. It's practical practice. It's waking up every morning and making sure that you pray every day. It's fasting at least one day. It's, it's taking time and saying, God, I, I, I need you to invest in my life. God, I, I need to stop. It, it's, it's being faithful in our giving. It's being faithful in some things. It's not having to wonder, not having to make pastor wonder if we're going to show up to church on Sunday or not. The first two times I came, I was an evangelist. Now I'm a pastor, so you're going to have to hear some of this stuff too. Spiritual power is rooted in practical practice. If you want God to do amazing things in your life, maybe some of you that have, maybe this is your first or this is your first or one or two years in the church, hear me right now. You may feel like it's hard to pray sometimes. Like, what do I say when I pray? Does it, can I just be transparent? What do I say when I pray? I, I pastor a church plant. You know, I'm trying to get my leaders to stop smoking cigarettes. <laughs> that was a joke too. Here's what. Here's how you can have spiritual power. You discipline in your life. You allow discipline to come into your life right now. Don't wait till you're an adult to learn to pray. Don't wait till you're an adult to learn to fast. Don't wait till you're an adult to learn to give. Do it now. Because when God... Because spiritual power is rooted in practical practice. If you don't know how to pray, here's my best tip. If you don't know how to pray, if you don't know what to say. Andrew Murray said it this way. He's an early theologian. He said it this way. Prayer is not monologue, but it's dialogue. God's voice in response to mine is the most important part. If you don't know what to pray, you can just be quiet for a few minutes. If you're... How old are you, buddy? How old are you? Yeah. 12 years old? What's your name? Gentry? That's a great name. I wish my parents would have named me Gentry. That's pretty cool. Gentry, you're 12 years old. Now, I know, you, I know you're a house of fire prayer. But let's just say you just don't quite know how to pray. Let me tell you. I'm going to give you a tip. Can I give you all some tips to help you? Because here's the deal. Services in church are great. But you've got to learn to take it home. It's, listen, there was an upper room experience. But if it would have stayed in the upper room, it just would have been a social club. The only way that it was truly apostolic or Pentecostal is they said, this isn't good enough to stay here. we got to take it to the streets. Somebody else has got to hear about this thing. So, you're 12 years old. You're 15 years old. You're six, however old. Make up in your mind right now. I'm going to pray. Ev, pray your age. Make up in your mind. Make a commitment. God, every day, I'm going to pray my age. Now, if, you know, you're 50 and you've never prayed before, you can cut, your, cut it in half. But that's, I know, I know this is probably some practical stuff, and, and maybe this isn't going to get us to shout, but this is the stuff that's going to get us to heaven. This is the stuff that's going to allow us to have a disciplined life. This is the stuff that's going to let you be a productive member of the kingdom. Because the kingdom is not just about consuming everything that you can. But the kingdom is about what can I give and produce so that the kingdom can. Come on, do I got anybody in this room that loves the kingdom of God? 
That you're not just interested in growing a church only, but we're interested in growing the kingdom. That's why we have camp. That's why we get together because this is about more than just getting together and hanging out on a Sunday. But it's about the kingdom. So here's Abraham walking and going on a journey with his son. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and he took a knife. And they went both of them together. When you worship, you need two things. If I was a good preacher, I'd preach the two ingredients to worship. You need fire and you need a knife. Matthew 3.11 says it this way. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I. Whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. And he shall baptize you with the. Oh, we're, Help me out. We're a Pentecostal church. And he shall baptize you with the. And with. Come on. In the Old Testament, God sent the fire to show his approval of the blood sacrifice. And we need the blood. The blood is the most essential part of salvation. If it wasn't for Jesus' blood being shed on Calvary, we wouldn't have a future. It's his blood, but we also need the fire. You see, the blood forgives, but the fire destroys. The blood covers, but the fire burns the past away. I've come to preach to some people in this room right now. You've struggled with some things in your past. I feel the Holy Ghost come upon me right now as strong as I've ever felt it. You've struggled with some things in your past. You've struggled with some pain in your past, and you feel like you're unqualified for God to use you. You hear me? You've got the Holy Ghost, but you've also got the fire. And the hole the devil had on me, he ain't got no more. I've been delivered. I've come to preach to you right now that fire burned away your past that fire burned away your pain if you'll just connect to him and say I'm not moving I'm not leaving I'm not walking away I know what's hurt me but it's not gonna stop me because I've got the blood but I've also got the fire burns up those old lusts Burns up those old desires. It, it places in your spirit. It says spirit. It places in your spirit something that says, "I'm not going back to who I used to be." So they're on a journey to go to the other side. Abraham and his son. Verse seven says, "And Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father and said, My father.' And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said." Behold, Dad, here's the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb? Where's the lamb, Daddy? Because even Isaac knew something had to die in order for there to be a sacrifice. He knew something's got to be living and then it's got to die. I've come to preach to some people in this room right now. You might feel like you're living, but we've got to present our bodies a living sacrifice. You've never lived until you've lived a life filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You don't know what I... 
I've come to preach to some people in, in this room right now. I love, I don't want to go to hell, and I want to go to heaven. And I am, my motivation, though, to live for God is not just to go to heaven and avoid hell, but my motivation to live for Him is because this is the best life that you can live. I, I, while I'm here on earth, I wouldn't want to live any other way. I wouldn't want to live any other way. I wouldn't want to walk any other way. I wouldn't want to talk any other way. I love Jesus, and I love the church. I don't want to live any other way than this. This is how I choose to live. Feel a little righteous indignation come upon me right now. You can get on social media and complain about the church all you want, but there ain't nothing like the church. You're just a barking dog to a freight train on its way. I love the church. I love the church. You gotta be careful what influences you allow to speak into your life. You gotta be careful who you allow to speak into your world because there's nothing like the church, baby. And I ain't leaving and I ain't moving and I'm not walking away. Come on, do I have anybody in the house today that says I'm not walking away from this thing? I love the church. I love being a part of the king. They're saying something. Let's, let's go to verse 7. And Isaac spake unto his father. He said, where's, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And verse 8 says, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. He knew what he was doing. He knew he was going to have to give everything. Everyone say everything. He knew that there had to be a lamb. See, the way I saw it when I was a young boy as I just thought they would just lay the lamb on the altar and then God would just come and accept the sacrifice. But that's not how it happened. Go read. They would take that lamb and they would lay it on the altar. It was a bloody affair. Scripture says they look at Jesus and they say, Behold the lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. The lamb was a signifier here or, or a type and a shadow of Christ. And Jesus came to that cross and he became the lamb that pushed away our sins. He gospel. This is the important stuff right now. He became the lamb. Took, took away the sin. Lamb was laid on the altar. Lamb is laid there. That lamb was laid there. You need to understand when, I, when Abraham was going to go and sacrifice his son, it was going to be a bloody affair. He was just going to lay the lamb and then the fire was going to fall and it was gone. That lamb on that altar. And when it was laid, had to be a spotless lamb. Had to be the best lamb. Had to be the first lamb. Had to be the number one lamb. Because God always requires our first and our best. Okay, I'm not going to get into that. That's a little bit too much pastor and stuff. But God requires our best to him. Church shouldn't be the optional thing on Sundays. It should be the thing on Sundays. Parents, can I talk to you for a moment? Your kids should never have to ask, are we going to church this Sunday? It should be known, we're going to church. So when they laid that altar, they made two cuts. From skin, torso area, through the torso area, all the way through the sternum, to the stomach, and they were cut in half. And then the next cut, a horizontal cut 
Does that sound like anything? Because even then, God was saying, there's going to be a cross that's going to be placed. And it's going to be the best. And it's going to be the And it's going to save an eternity. Come on, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. When that lamb was open, there was nothing hidden. Everything on the inside was shown. You hear me today. If you've been wondering maybe why you've been toiling in the Holy Ghost and you feel like you just haven't broken through yet and you received the Holy Ghost before, you've got to understand something. I give you all of me. That's not just the good stuff that we post on social media, but it's the stuff on the inside that nobody sees. You're going to have to give them your hurts. You're going to have to give them your pain. You're going to have to give them your doubts. You're going to have to give them your anger. You're going to have to give them some things that nobody else sees. You're going to have to open yourself up to him and say, God, you can take everything, even if it's ugly, even if it's not what you expected. But God, that's what he wants. He wants every bit of you. He doesn't want the social media version of you, but he wants the inside. He wants the outside. He wants everything because that's what he called us. To do. Dad, where's the lamb? So we started out on a journey. We were going to the land of Moriah. Uh, I don't quite know what it looks like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what all this is about. I know this is God ordained, but I just, I'm not sure about how the things are going to turn out. Or I don't know what my life is going to turn out, but I know that God has sent me on a journey. I don't have every answer. I don't have every answer, Isaac. I don't know how the lamb is going to come. I don't know where it's going to show up, but I know that God has called us to sacrifice. I know that God has sent us on a journey. You hear me, Tree of Life and Grace Point? God has sent this building and this church and these people on a journey that has collided together, and you're going to see what God is about to do in this church and in this community and then in this city because you may not have all the answers right now, but what I can tell you is... God will provide himself a lamb. God will send revival like you've never seen before. God will give an anointing that's greater than this church has ever seen. Why? Because he expects all. Because he sent you on a journey. One year ago from this week. Didn't have all the answers then. But you know what you said? This isn't about my ego, but this is about the kingdom. Forgive me for being so direct, but I just, I, I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how hard I tried to shake not preaching this message. What I can tell you is, is God is about to send an unbelievable revival to this church. And I have every answer figured out. And forgive me for the personal reference of the story I'm about to tell you. But I know when God called us to Pickerington, so many in this church know our story. I preached here when my baby, I think, was still in the hospital or just out of the hospital. 
Y'all prayed for my baby, and I'm so grateful for that. You prayed for my little girl. I think the last time she was here, she wasn't even talking. Now she's talking up a storm, running up a storm. Every doctor's amazed. Born at 23 weeks, has only had two minor surgeries. Why? Because when God sends you on the journey, he's going to provide every step of the way. Tyler, I can tell you right now, there is no way I would have left Sainsville. If it wasn't for that baby that God sent us. There's no way I would have walked away from stability. and I mean, living in my hometown. God sent us to Pickerington to play in the church. I didn't know where the journey was going to end up. But I knew that God had sent us. We have our first service. Now, the first service at a church plant. It's cool, right? Like, all your family shows up. So you're going to break your record on that first Sunday no matter what you do. You start a church. But let me tell you something. It's the second service that freaks me out. Because mama and daddy and all the family and all everybody, they ain't showing up to that one. You're old news by then. You want to talk about anxiety as a church planner? It's staring at a parking lot five minutes before church that's empty. I remember looking at that parking lot. I think we had maybe 30 in our second service. We had 55 in our first and 30 in our second. We had about 35 people from the community in our first service. We had about 30 in our second. But we only had one other. We had, we had three kids. My daughter, Emerson, my daughter, Vivi, and sweet little Aubrey came. came. My, we were teaching Sunday school. And uh, it's amazing at a church plant. Everybody shows up 20 minutes late. <laughs> They don't, they've just never been in church before. You know, well, we show up whenever. Okay. And I remember my daughter, we came from the Zanesville Church at the Bounds Church. I mean, and when we would travel, we would go to incredible churches like this very often. And it would be, man, they'd go to Sunday school and they'd have a blast. Or they'd go to Zanesville and there'd be a hundred plus kids there. And now she's in there with three. What are we going to do? So Emerson came to, came to me and she said, Daddy, to me and my wife. She said, Mommy, Daddy, I, I, want, I want more kids in our Sunday school class. I'm thinking, where's this, this little church who's going to come to my little church? Who's going who's to do that? And I said, baby, I said, baby, you just pray. God, God, will, God will send us. You just pray. God will do it. See what God does, you know? I'm like, Lord, this one's up to you because I don't know how this is going to happen. Can I tell you? That next Sunday, we had six previews on our third preview service. Sadie called me from the house, and I was already at the church. She said, Emerson is locked in the closet right now, praying that God would send her friends to Sunday school. And I thought, wow, that's so sweet. I heard her in there praying, Jesus, please send me friends. Jesus, please bring kids to my church. Jesus, please bring, Jesus, I really want friends at my church. Can I tell you, and we started having church, we had about, I don't know, babe, I don't know, probably 30 people there, maybe 25, 30. Can I tell you, in walks 13 people, a mom and a dad, and 11 foster children. Come on, because when the journey doesn't look like there's much going on, if you'll just start the journey, God will give you the provision. If you'll just start the walk. 
We baptized three of them in Jesus' name a couple months ago. Why? Because if you'll just start the journey, God will provide himself the lamb. I don't know if you got that picture. Just start the journey. Just start the journey. Can I tell you one more church plant story? I don't know. I don't know how long I've been preaching. I got I to gotta quit. I'm sorry. How long does Pastor Urshan preach? Two, three hours every Sunday? I'm going to get my Jeff Arnold five more minutes here. I'm preaching. And in a church plant, if you yell like I've been yelling... They're going to think you're angry and crazy. Like some of y'all have thought today. So I've just been ramping up my Pentecostal preaching, you know. I've kind of just building that up because first Sunday you can get a little excited, but don't go crazy like me today. And so, listen, y'all got to forgive me. I had somebody stand up last week. I'm getting a little excited, okay. And... I was preaching, and I started preaching real powerfully, or as hard as I could, honestly. And I watched as this couple comes in, and they sit down. He's got a Jolly Rancher bag in his, in his hand, and he sits down about this row. We're about one-tenth of this size, and um, he's sitting right there about that row. And, and I look, and I just start preaching, and I feel the Holy Ghost, man, and I start preaching as hard as I've ever preached. I'm, we're Pentecostal. I tell my church every time, we're Pentecostal. We're apostolic. And I tell them about the blood of Jesus every service, and I'm working into every sermon. about. And I'm just preaching, and man, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. I'm feeling conviction in the room, and I'm thinking, man, this is great. And the next thing I know, they get up and walk out. Okay. I guess I said something crazy. And I look up. And the next thing I know, we're sitting after service. The next thing I know, our door opens, it pushes open. Priscilla runs, where's Pastor Anthony? Where's Pastor Anthony? I'm right here. I'm right here, Priscilla. I'm here. She said, you got to understand something. My fiance, Hunter, he doesn't believe in God at all. I said, really? She said, no. She said, but everything that you preached about today was word for word what we were talking about on the way to church. He said, he kept yelling at me. He said, you told him, didn't you? You told him about us. You told him what I've been saying, haven't you? You told him about that. She said, I haven't told him anything. She said, Anthony, Pastor Anthony, you got to understand something. He's an atheist. He doesn't believe anything. Can I tell you just a couple weeks later, there's Hunter serving on our greeting team. Priscilla was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost in service. Why? If you'll just start the journey, God will provide the lamb. Come on, can you stand to your feet and give the Lord some praise in this house? Can you make a declaration in this house? I'm going to start the journey. He's going to provide the lamb. I'm going to start the journey. He's going to provide the lamb. Come on, lift your voice right now. Lift your voice right now. Musicians, you can come.
you'll just start the journey, God's going to do things greater in your life than you could ever imagine. If you'll just start on the path, if you'll just say, I, got, I know the land I need to go. I know the vehicle that's going to take me there. And I'll know when I, I'll know when I get there. Just start the journey. So Abraham gets ready to sacrifice his son. Takes the knife and the angel shows up. And all of a sudden, he turns. And looks. You understand, they're going up a mountain. They've reached the peak. They've reached the summit. They've reached where they feel like God needs to take them to and the sacrifice that he needs to make. And all of a sudden, when he gets ready to truly sell out and give his son, he turns and looks. And behind him is a ram caught in the thicket. The whole time, if you could view it with me, the whole time that he's climbing up the mountain, on the other side that they don't see, God is sending a provision the entire time. Can I tell you, you don't even realize what God is about to do in the... You don't even realize what God is about to do in this church. You've been climbing the mountain and now God is about to send this. God is about to send the provision like never before. You've been climbing this mountain the whole time. You may not have seen the other side. But this preacher's come to tell you what's on the other side is provision like you could have never imagined. Watch. They're verse 14. I got to hurry. I'm, I, I, got, I got two points to make and then I'm done. Verse 14 in Genesis 22. They get to the other side. It's, it's yonder. They go yonder to worship. I have it here. And the, and the scripture says, And Abraham called the name, everyone say the name, of that place, Jehovah God, my What started out as an aimless journey with no point, all of a sudden became a place of going, or came with an aimless journey with, feel like there was no direction, there was no hope, there was no answers, and all it took was for Abraham to get to where he needed to be. And what started out as an anonymous place became a named place of provision. You've been going through a journey, you've been going through a struggle, but if you'll just trust him that on the other side there's provision, there's going to be a landmark that'll be set in your life. I'm closing. I'm sorry. You can see it. I'm closing. This is what I feel like I've been here, sent here to preach to this church. Matthew 21. We find the disciples. The Sea of Tiberias. Verse 2, Matthew 21 and 2 says, They were together, Simon, Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel, Cana of Galilee, the sons of Devity, and the twos of the disciples. They were, Simon Peter said, I go a fishing. He goes back to what the fire destroyed. He goes back to his past. And they said unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered the ship immediately. Because misery loves company. you got to be careful who you hang with. And then they, um, they went out into a ship. And immediately that night, they caught... Nothing. Verse 4. It says, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Verse 5 says, and Jesus said unto them, children, have you any meat? And he answered them, no. Verse 6. I don't know if we can throw verse 6 of Matthew 21 on the screen. 
And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. And they cast their four, and they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. You hear me, church? You've been casting. You've been fishing. You've been doing a great work. You've been working hard. But now I truly believe that this is the point of provision for this church body. And God has told you, if you'll just cast the net on the other side, if you'll just do something differently than the way you've been doing it for a while, I will send the provision. If you'll just trust me to do something differently than the way that you've done it. If you need a provision, if you've been on a journey, I want to invite you to come to this altar first. I think you ought to, I I don't want to embarrass you or call anybody out. We're going to have a Holy Ghost move. If you need a miracle, if you need the Holy Ghost, if you need a provision, don't be scared, don't be scared, don't be shy. Nobody's going to call you out or lay their hands on you or make fun of you or anything like that. We're going to talk to you and pray with you. I believe when you make that journey from down here to up here, God is providing a provision for you. That's it. Come on up. Come on up as close as you can. Thank you. Come on. Come on. This is awesome. Come on. Can we give a hand for these amazing people? This doesn't mean something's wrong. It means God's at work. Man, there's still more coming. Come on. Come on. Come on. The Lord's about to do a work in this house. Woo! Ministry, would you come and find somebody to pray with? I'm going to give the word of faith. And they're still coming. This is awesome. Watch what God is about to do in this house. Now, they're still coming. Man, this is awesome. Can y'all do me a favor and squeeze up as, as, as close as you can? Squeeze up as close as you can. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you've come for prayer, please squeeze up as close as you can. Some of you intercessors, some of you people that have been in this thing for a long time. Would you do me a favor right now and come and pray with behind these folks? Can we just create a, a wall of the spirit right now? Can we just pray one another together? Come on, maybe you don't need prayer this morning, but you want to pray with others. Would you come down and can we just make an atmosphere of prayer in this room? We're going to pray the prayer of faith in this room. And God is about to release the supernatural. God is about to release the Holy Ghost all over this house. God is about to do a great work in this room. Come on, do you you believe it? Say yeah. Ready? Every hand lifted in this room right now. Upon the authority of the word of God. In the power of the name of Jesus, I release miracles now in the name of the Lord Jesus. I release healing now in the name of the Lord Jesus. I release the Holy Ghost now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands all over this room. That's it. 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 That's it.
That's it. That's it. That's it. It might not look like much now, but provision is coming. It might not look like a lot now, but provision. 